0: The Baltimore Ravens hinted at a pretty big new role for Patrick Ricard in practice on Monday. We talk about what the role is and what it can mean for Patrick Ricard's future. All that and more coming up next year on Locked On Ravens.
1: You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome in here to another edition of Locked On Ravens, where your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. And I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire, coming at you from the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. Thank you so much for being here with me on this Tuesday, making us your first listen each and every day here on the show. We're free and available, as always, all podcasting platforms, including over in video form on YouTube, whether you're an audio listener, a video listener, and every day or it's your first time into the show or you're somewhere in the middle. I appreciate all the support here. Again, Monday through Friday, Ravens content. If you never miss the show, I appreciate you coming in each and every day. And tell a friend, tell a family member if they want a Ravens perspective on things, or maybe they're a fan of another team and they want the Ravens perspective on their opponent. But we have lots to talk about here today. Obviously, another training camp practice in the books for Baltimore on Monday. And a really big storyline came out of it regarding Patrick Ricard. Ricard, the Ravens Pro Bowl fullback, returned from the PUP list on Monday and was working in a new role with the offense. so We'll talk about that, what his future could look like in the first part of the show. Then in the second part of the show, I want to dive into just Monday general training camp notes. We'll dive into other things based off what happened with the offense, with the defense, standouts, etc. Then finally, I want to talk a bit about, again, cornerbacks. We've talked a lot about cornerbacks here over the course of the last couple of weeks, even dating back a couple of months, but there seem to be some young corners who are stepping up in practice so I want to talk about that and how huge it would be for Baltimore if they were to get that production into the regular season so to dive into on the show let's first start off with Patrick Ricard again Ricard coming off the PUP list on Monday worked back from hip surgery worked really hard to get there and now the only two Ravens on the PUP list at this point are JK Dobbins and Rashad Bateman hopefully Bateman's able to come back soon we don't Really know what's going on with Jake. I mean, we kind of do, right? But nothing's really been confirmed. But Ricard coming back and he's practicing, and all of a sudden you hear, Hey, Ricard's working with the offensive line. And, you know, when I first saw him, I'm like, Hold on a second, what? And we all know, you know, Patrick Ricard's story came into the leagues and undrafted free undrafted agent out of Maine. And was a defensive lineman and then kind of worked into an offense-defense role where he was playing both defensive line and fullback. The Ravens and, and Ricard, you know, that he gets converted to fullback full-time, kinds of leave leaves defensive line in the dust. And now apparently he's working with the offensive line. So there's there's not really, I think, a ton of information on how Ricard is going to be used this year, how the Ravens want to use him, but I think it's clear that they want to find ways to use him. Now, I still, dating back a couple months ago, I've been saying, I really don't know how they want to utilize your card. I don't know how he fits into this offense. I'm not saying there's not a role for him, and I, I never said there wasn't. But it is going to look different this year because of Greg Roman now out, Todd Munkin now in. The Ravens aren't going to run as many heavy looks this year. They're going to throw the ball a lot more. You can run four receiver sets, 11 personnel, all that different kind of stuff. And Ricard should not be featured in a lot of those packages. Now he can be featured in in some, but I don't think the way that Greg Roman is utilizing him in some of those on some of those plays where Patrick Ricard is running routes out of the slot. Of course, no disrespect to all to Patrick Ricard, but that's just not his primary skill set. He's a player that's super versatile can work as a fullback, can work in line as a tight end, can work even as like that sixth offensive lineman blocker. So, I mean, I guess I guess what we have to say here is we've been talking about Sal, we've been talking about John Simpson, Ben Cleveland. We forgot about Patrick Ricard. Patrick Ricard is the starting left guard. How how could we forget about that? No. But in in all seriousness, Ricard working with the offensive line is a very interesting wrinkle. I don't know where he would necessarily line up. He's somebody that I don't, I, I don't really feel like he's a player that is going to be like utilized as a starting quality offensive lineman. But like, if you want to utilize him as a break glass in case of emergency guy, that's fine. But the, the big question with Todd Monken coming in was how much of there is a need for a fullback or how much of a need is there for a fullback this year. And especially in a Monken offense where again, we just, I don't think there is much of one. So what would they do with Ricard? Now, a really interesting wrinkle in all of this actually to me is Ben Mason. I think Baltimore likes Ben Mason a lot. I I think they do. Even dating back to mini camp OTAs, we kind of heard Ben Mason's name pop up here and there. Now, Mason and Ricard are different. I think that You know, Ricard is a bigger player. If you talk about an offensive lineman, that's Ricard's game more than it has been Mason's game. But I think Ben Mason offers you more from a route running perspective, a catch perspective, like, you know, going out there and catching passes. He, he feels like the more natural tight end, not that Ricard can't do it, but I don't really know what Ricard is going to bring to the Ravens in a, in a consistent basis, like on a consistent basis, compared to what he did over the past couple of seasons. I don't think he's going to have as consistent of a role this season in the way that the fullback position is, you know, we can admit it. It's already kind of dying out right now throughout the league with Todd Munkin. I don't think Ricard's going to have a consistent role in the offense this year. I think he still has a role as I've said, but not as consistent. Now there have been some people who have said, well, are the Ravens just going to outright cut him or trade him? I don't think he fetches back anything in a trade personally I I just think the position isn't nearly as popular as it once was and I mean maybe you can get like a a conditional seventh or a sixth but I would rather just hold on to him at that point but the waiver cards contract is right now if they were to move on from him let's say after you know the preseason or whatnot he has a 4.055 million dollar cap hit with a 2.31 million dollar dead cap hit so Baltimore would be saving a little less than $2 million, right around like $1.7 million if they were to release him, if they were to wait an extra year. He has a $5.15 million cap hit with a $1.15 million dead cap hit, which the Ravens would be saving $4 million against the cap then. So what I would do if I were the Ravens is if they're not super strapped, for, if they don't need that $1.7 million, and the Ravens do like to – take a certain amount of money we've seen this into the regular season for free agent signings for injuries for potential trades so if they feel like Ricard is expendable and they like Ben Mason they feel like they can get the same production or or better based off a role or skill set or versatility then maybe they do move on but what I would personally do is I would keep Ricard for this season he has two more years left on his deal I'd keep Ricard for this season and just see how it goes if they don't need that 1.7 million and then, based off of how it goes, the Ravens can move on next year, save more money against the cap, and they can at least say, "Hey, we we figured out a role for Patrick Ricard in this offense." Or it just didn't work out. He didn't get on the field as much as we thought he would, and it's it's just not going to work for both sides. Now, if they, if there clearly is a difference for Ricard, I mean, because look, Ricard signed that contract last year. Greg Roman was the offensive coordinator. Ricard meant something to a Greg Roman offense. I think he meant more to a Greg Roman offense than he will to a Tom Munkin offense. And I said, when he signed that contract, I said, this move is a Greg Roman move. And I said, at the time of the contract last season, if the Ravens do move on from Greg Roman and they bring in somebody else and maybe the skill set that Ricard brings doesn't really align with what the offensive coordinator is trying to do, then there's probably going to be a discussion of getting rid of Ricard or just re not repurpose. I feel like repurposing is a very harsh word to use. I don't want to use that word, but essentially find a new role for him that fits his skill set and fits the it's almost like a compromise, right? Fits the skill set of Ricard. It has Ricard having a role to play, but it also fits what the offense needs. Well, so Ricard's a good player. Like, I'm not sitting here and saying Ricard is a, is a bad player and, you know, he has to fight for a spot. Ricard is a very good football player. To me, this just comes down to role. And so him playing with the offensive line, John Harbaugh kind of talked about it yesterday and was asked about it a little bit. And he said that they're looking at it and it's a multitude role kind of thing because John Harbaugh ended up saying that, you know, Pat's quite an athlete, he said. He said he can do a lot of different things and maybe they expand his role a little bit for a little bit of time here, see, he do- see how he does, so we're going to look at that. So I don't know that if this is like a permanent thing here. I think the Ravens are just looking at their options and that's what you should do now. You don't want to throw Patrick Ricard out there in a regular season game and say, hey, Patrick, go out there and play some, some left guard for us and see how it goes you want to get him working with the offensive line now and just see how it goes. Again, training camp is the opportunity for experiments for finding new roles for players. So I'm not totally shocked that this happened. I still think there is a shot at the rate. Well, there's a shot for multiple things. I think there's a shot that Ricard still ends up playing a decently substantial role for the offense to see, or not as substantial as we've seen, but still a role. I also think you can look at the opposite end of that and say there's a chance that he gets cut this year, moved on from this year. But again, I laid it out. What I would do is keep him for this year. If you don't need the 1700000 million you'd save if you get rid of him if you're Baltimore, see how it plays out. And if it doesn't work, you can save $4 million against the cap next year. But coming up in the second part of the show, we'll be diving into Monday training camp. No, talking about who stood out and more so be sure to stay tuned a lot to dive into here on lockdown Ravens but first this episode is brought to you by ebay motors and our partners at ebay motors have teamed up with locked on fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. And I'm really excited. Again, I'll, I'll keep plugging them here. The lockdown Ravens fantasy leagues. I'll put out a tweet about those probably next week. I'll also post them on Instagram, on Facebook about getting into one of those leagues. I'm in every league. So you can compete against me and, and other lockdown Ravens listers. It's really fun. We've been doing them for a couple of years now. So whether you're preparing for a lockdown Ravens fantasy draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to be providing you the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see if any's picked out for us on this week's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of, of the week, and so we're going with Garrett Wilson this time. If you're looking for that second-year fantasy football wide receiver who can drive your team to big points while he catches on with a new starting quarterback, that's Garrett Wilson. To me, he's a guaranteed fit with Aaron Rodgers, ready to build on his rookie promise with the Jets. Watch for Wilson to go out there and make big plays all over the field with his speed, quickness. And route running. And again, Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed fitting over 120 million parts and accessories to your vehicle right at your fingertips. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights. They have it all. Alternators, shock struts, you name it. eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go for it, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for so is a click away. For the parsing sessions that fit your vehicle, look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Also items, only exclusions apply. We're back here. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin O'Stryker still here with you on this Tuesday. But let's go back to Monday. Let's dive into Monday training camp notes for the Ravens. Baltimore hit the practice field. Obviously, we've talked about Patrick Ricard already. We won't get into that aspect. We just spent a full segment on it. But other than that, we did see a couple of Ravens leave the field. Odell Beckham Jr. made a catch. And then I think he was on the sideline working out his calf, his leg, and then went in. John Harbaugh talked about that after practice and just said he hit a rep count you know he's obviously working back from his injury suffered in 2021 and just is on a count right now and with Odell we've heard that from both Odell and John Harbaugh about the fact that there's a plan in place by the team and, and Odell himself I, I don't really know how much of it is the team how much of it is Odell but at the end of the day Odell's on a plan and so no injury concern according to John Harbaugh with Odell there. Westmore, Maryland governor, was out at practice. He caught passes from Lamar. Really good energy from Westmore. I like the energy he had out there on Monday. In terms of attendance, David Ajabo also joined Patrick Ricard in the return list, so it was good to see Ajabo back out there. The guys who were absent, Trenton Simpson, Arthur Rocky Rakiasin, and Geno Stone. I don't I, I don't remember catching what happened with Arthur Millette. I know Trenton Simpson, John Harbaugh said he's gonna be out for a little bit. Raki said that John Harbaugh said it wasn't anything super serious, but not a shock to see him rest again. And then Geno Stone is dealing with some something that he's I think it's been what about a week for Geno Stone right now. PUP list I mentioned, JK Dobbins, Shaw Bateman's still not out on the field, but Bateman was running on an adjacent field. So that's a good sign for his potential return. Who knows when it's gonna be, but hopefully he's gonna come back soon. And then the NFI list, Injun Voorhees, Tyus Bowser, Trayvon Mullen, and Nick Moore. So for the Ravens today in practice, they did 11s. and first pass in the 11s was from Lamar Jackson and Nelson Aguilar. It was a touchdown over our Darius Washington. And that was the play the Ravens posted on social media. Nelson Aguilar, I'm telling you, Nelson Aguilar's having like the, the training camp of his life. And you know, we've seen the training camp stand out that. Don't really go over to the regular season, and there's training camp guys. And obviously, Rashad Bateman is going to come back. Odell's going to, you know, not be on a rep count, hopefully save flowers and all that. But Nelson Aguilar, I think his, I I had it as Devin Duvernay, Nelson Aguilar is four or five. I think that is switched. And and I, I, I don't even know if it ever was, but I think it is switched to Nelson Aguilar's the pretty clear-cut fourth wide receiver than Devin DuVernay is the fifth guy. We haven't really heard a lot of Devin DuVernay this offseason, so I, I don't know what's going on with him, but we'll, we'll see. And Kyle Barber, who's out there doing work for Baltimore Beatdown, does a really good job out there saying that Anafe Owe has looked really good over the past few practices, and there appears to be better technique and approach from Oway. It feels like a lot of people within the organization are very, very, very high on what Owen can bring in his third season, that he's making a lot of technical changes and has a good mindset going into this season. And I think that for him, something that John Harbaugh said is that he's playing faster, the response time, the processing saying he's, have, he's having a stellar camp so far. and did mention it's still early and have a long way to go, but the early returns on Rafaela have been very positive. Now, both Justice Hill and Keaton Mitchell made plays in practice on Monday. Justice Hill broke free from Patrick Queen for a lengthy touchdown, and then not too long after that, Keaton Mitchell beat Delshawn Phillips for a touchdown. And that's actually not that's actually not nothing, because Delshawn Phillips, for those who have been keeping up with Ravens training camp, he had two interceptions in two days, I think, Couple couple days ago, we had two interceptions in two days and has had a pretty good training camp. So the fact that Phillips has been pretty good in coverage, as Kyle notes, and Mitchell beating him means that, hey, Mitchell might, might, might have something to him. And I've been a big Keaton Mitchell guy. I'm going to keep saying that if you listen to my my stream that I did right after the draft and the Ravens sign all their undrafted guys. I said, keep Mitchell on Dante Demas. Those are my two guys. And Mitchell is a uh, M- Mitchell's been impressing so far. Nelson Aguilar, we, we've talked about. He again, really good training camp. Zay flowers won his two reps of one-on-ones. He shook Jalen armor Davis for a comeback route. And then gave armor Davis a second move that caught him flat footed. And the youth football players, it was youth football day for the Ravens yesterday. The players there, went berserk. Tylen Wallace had a really good route. According to Kyle, he hit a stutter step and ended up getting past Corey Mayfield Jr. for a touchdown. And then Sean Ryan did the same thing to Jeremy Lucian for another result or for that same result that ended up happening. James Perche went against Kevon Seymour and those guys had a battle throughout the day on Monday. Kevon Seymour, we'll get to him in the final part of the show. He's been incredible. By all accounts, absolutely incredible. During the training camp on Monday, there was a five-yard, there were about a five-yard line. There was a pass breakup by Seymour, and then there was a there was a flag thrown on the second route. According to Kyle, there was either debate on whether Prochet stepped out of bounds, causing him to be ineligible, or Gavon Seymour was physical, and then he should have been called for pass interference. But then Prochet ran the ran the same route against Gavon Seymour, who denied the ball and actually almost intercepted the ball. So Gavon Seymour has been incredible. Mark Andrews, <laughs> Mark Andrews was very physical in practice on Monday, shoved Jaquan Amos, the undrafted rookie, and Andrews actually got a step on Kyle Hamilton, but J- Lamar Jackson put a ball past the end zone that went right out of the reach of Andrews, and Andrews wasn't pleased with that. And Isaiah Likely, there was a ball thrown to him right over the head of Daryl Worley, who couldn't get his head and arms around in time. So a, a lot of good takeaways from the offense. I know, again, it's been a little bit of a struggle for the offense, just trying to get acclimated to everything, new offense, some new players coming in. So the fact that there have been these highlights and there is still something here to take away where, again, the offense, I think the misconception with, oh, they threw nine interceptions in practice on Saturday and Lamar punted the football and Marky Andrews is flipping people off. I think you you can kind of take that stuff a little bit out of context. For sure, the offense is definitely not where they need to be. Todd Munkin literally said they're not good right now. But that's, as I've talked about, if you're an every you've heard me say this for the past couple of days, that's to be expected with the way that this offense is. So if we get to week one of the regular season against Houston and they don't blow them out of the water and there's still a little bit of struggles here and there, I would honestly still say like, all right, still to be expected a little bit. But that's a little bit more of a concern because that's when football actually counts. So I'm, I'm excited to hear some of these updates from the offense and just kind of see the offense looking to grow a little bit more. But also, guys are stepping up on the defensive side of the ball, and we'll talk about that in the final part of the show with some of the young corners who are making a name for themselves throughout training camp. So we should sure this stays plan to talk about here on Lockdown Ravens.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, season.
0: Still here with you, rounding out this taco Tuesday. I appreciate everybody who's here with me listening to this show and this episode. Again, we're almost to my four-year anniversary of me hosting the show, which I took over back in August of 2019. So it's been really exciting to see all the growth that I've had, you know, both audio form. We started video form a couple of years ago. And it's it's been incredible. And you know, we've we've now evolved to doing live streams. We're doing a live stream after every single Ravens game this year. So First one, first Ravens postcast live stream is going to be after the preseason game on Saturday against the Eagles. We'll be doing that right after the game ends or maybe a little after the game ends. That'll be available, obviously, when it's live and obviously after the fact in video form, but then also after the fact in audio form as well. Let's talk about corners. For those who listen every day, you might be a little tired of me talking about the corner position, but it's one that I'm just a little concerned about in terms of, Obviously, if Marlon Humphrey goes down, the room is not looking too hot, but they're going to need a lot to go right. It's a If they don't bring anybody in by the time the regular season starts, it is a risk. You know, I think that's fair to say. The fact that they signed Rocky SC, and that's a veteran guy there, but by all accounts, he's just trying to figure it out right now. He's also injured, so he's losing out on those reps. Hopefully, he's able to come back soon. But even even if Marlon Humphrey is incredible, which I expect him to be, even if Rocky has seen as that solid two, three option, which he definitely could be, they're going to need a couple of other players to make a name for themselves this year. And I think we're starting to see in training camp, a couple guys actually do that, which is very encouraging to me and a very positive sign to me in Kevon Seymour. Jalen Armour Davis has made some plays. Ardarius Washington also, I think he was more of an early camp guy. I think there've been a couple of plays that he's, I think had happened on him, but he's still somebody that I'm still very high on. And then you can't forget about guys like Pepe Williams, Caillou Kelly, and all these others. But the fact that they're already getting really solid play out of Kevon Seymour, by all accounts, it feels like Kevon Seymour has been one of the most impressive players, at least maybe the most impressive defensive player on the field for the Ravens in training camp. And just, you know, based off of what his career arc has been, he's dealt with a lot of injuries, has kind of bounced around. He's been with the Ravens since 2021. He's all he's actually their, I believe he's their second longest tenure corner outside of Marlon Humphrey, which I think just just goes to show how much of risk they're taking with trying to figure it out with some of these young guys. But Again, I've, I've kind of compared it to the wide receiver room of last year where they took that risk. It obviously did not pay off. And the, the Ravens didn't have a Marlon Humphrey in that wide receiver room in terms of like a top five guy at his position. But they banked on the young guys and it just didn't work out. Hopefully it goes a little better for them this year at the corner position. But if they get a guy in Kevon Seymour to play a really solid role for them, Jalen Armour Davis reportedly has been looking really good and might even be pushing Rocky Asseed for some snaps that's another really good sign because you, you want to have, I think in today's league, especially in the Ravens division where you're going up against Jamar Chase, Dee Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and, you know, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Alan Robinson over there too. And then in, in Cleveland, you got the acquisition of Elijah Moore, Maury Cooper down there from Peoples-Jones. This, this is a snatty trio schedule the most out of those three. But I'd say you probably want four solid corner options you can trust, like a top guy, Marlon Humphrey, that check, like the Ravens have that. But then other players who can make an impact. Like when Marcus Peters was in his prime for the Ravens, you know, came over in 2019, was great in 2020. Also, they had two some people argued there were two top ten corners, plus they had the depth in Jimmy Smith and some of those other guys, Anthony Averett, et cetera, Tavon Young you felt good, maybe not like great about everyone, but you felt good about four or five of those guys because you knew who Tavon Young was and he was healthy. Anthony Averett was a solid depth piece. Jimmy Smith, although he was getting up there in age and you know you had to get him on the field, he still was a, a solid player. So at this point, Baltimore is going to need that. In, a, in an AFC, also, I just talked about the North. In an AFC conference that has, by my count, at least thirteen playoff teams, if not fourteen. I, I right now I don't really count the Colts as a playoff team. I don't really count the Texans as one. You can debate about the Raiders whether you know Jimmy Garoppolo is, is going to be there for him. It feels like he will be, but we can talk about the Raiders if you want to or. Maybe it seemed like the Titans, if you're not sold on the Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins trio, but I'd, I'd put the Raiders and Titans in like soft playoff contender category. So in a, in a conference with so much firepower, you know, not even mentioning other AFC West teams like the Chiefs and the Broncos and the Chargers, and obviously Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence and the whole AFC East, the whole AFC East, the Patriots, I know with Mac Jones, that's a little, you know, Mac Jones doesn't necessarily strike fear in me, but seems like buffalo the jets and obviously the dolphins there too Baltimore's going to need multiple corners to step up if they don't we could see trade deadline acquisition and i understand at this point there's there's not a lot that you're going to get on the market right now this isn't march there aren't going to be a lot of solid options out there arthur Millette was their big signing about a week or so ago which again didn't necessarily move me a ton but the ravens feel confident in him he's made a couple plays in training camp so far but you're not you're not gonna find like an all pro or even a solid rotation guy. Like maybe you could if you if you hit on a guy, if you're really lucky with a veteran, you could maybe find that. But what about the pass rush? What about some of the other holes? What if left guard doesn't work out the way they want to? That's why we go back to patch for a card. And if a card isn't gonna play a lot. Then does Baltimore consider saving that right around $1.7 million to go out there and sign a corner or have the money to acquire somebody else via a trade? But the fact that we're getting some solid reps from Kavon Seymour, at least we're hearing that at a Ravens training camp, the fact that, you know, we're hearing that Jalen Mar Davis is doing well, that's at least a positive sign where the defense has been really good. You know, we've talked about all the, all the offensive struggles. Well, what does that mean? It means the defense is doing really well. So I'm I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm, I'm nervous for the corner room, but I'm excited for what we're going to see in the preseason. Because with the preseason, obviously 23 straight wins. We've talked about that. We'll continue to talk about it until they lose a game. But Baltimore is going to have a lot of depth. It's again, they have a lot of quality depth. It's just not like top end depth right now. But maybe Kevon Seymour becomes a really good contributor for them by the end of the season. Maybe Jalen, Jalen Armor Davis takes a lot of snaps and is really good for them but a lot has to go right in that corner room, but early indications are at least a couple of those young guys are stepping up. It has to translate, right? It can't just be a thing where it's a preseason thing and then a training camp thing, and it doesn't translate over the regular season. It has to do that. But at the end of the day, I think Baltimore has a lot of potential in that room, but guys have to live up to it. It's a very important year for Baltimore this year. It's not the last year they can contend, but It is, I think, a very interesting dilemma they have at the corner position right now. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let me get back here tomorrow. More Ravens content. So be sure to stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on
1: Locked on Ravens.